If you're busting your ass in a deficit right now and wondering why the hell you're not seeing any progress, this episode is for you. I know how frustrating it can be when you're putting in all of this hard work for very little or no reward. And all I genuinely want is for you to achieve your biggest and deepest goals. So today I'm going to be covering five mistakes that you probably haven't heard before that are ruining your deficit. Let's go. Are you a gym baddie committed to leveling up in all areas through health and fitness? This podcast is for you. Hi, hello. My name is Danika. I'm an online coach, personal trainer, and your host of Fit Chit Chat. I help women just like you stop spinning your wheels with a no BS approach so you can reshape your body, feel your strongest yet, and create confidence that is authentic to you. Together, we'll delve into all the topics that matter, how to maximize your progress in the gym, make nutrition a no-brainer, and streamline the process to make achieving goals simple. You are guaranteed to leave feeling educated, entertained, and empowered to become your baddest damn self. Hi, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Fit Chit Chat Podcast. Now, I'm going to start this episode by telling you in the last five minutes, I've had not only a notification from Australia Post to tell me that I'm about to get the parcel delivered in the next two hours at some point, but there's also decided for classic Melbourne weather to be like cyclonic winds outside. So this could potentially be the most noisy and disrupted episode I've ever had to record, but we're going to do it anyway because we can do hard things and we can get through it. But if you hear some random shit in this episode or I get rudely interrupted at some point, I apologize in advance, but Let's get into it because today we're talking about calorie deficits and five mistakes that you're making, which is limiting your ability to excel and succeed and have a really successful calorie deficit. Now, when we're looking at these five things, they're not your simple, typical, common things that you might hear as frequently across Instagram. I know when we look at content on Instagram, sometimes it's like people will often rinse and repeat what everyone else is saying. And you read the same thing by six different coaches on the same day, just saying the same basic shit. So I will start off by saying these five things are a little bit deeper, but I do see them quite often. Okay. So they're a little bit, I don't want to say less common because I see a lot of women doing them, but they're probably less spoken about. That's the best way to probably explain it. So without further ado, let's jump into it. The first one is complicating the calculation for your calorie deficit. Now, we know in order to achieve a calorie deficit, we're looking at X amount of calories underneath your maintenance calories. When we're working out what our maintenance calories are and our calorie deficit, there are a couple of different calculators that you can use. There's obviously calculators online where you can just plug in your details and it's going to spit it out for you. But what I see some women try and do is understanding their output to in depth, okay? We know that when we're looking at energy balance, so calories in versus calories out, we need to create a deficit between the two. We need to be consuming less than we are burning. But what I see women running into is getting stressed and hung up and too focused on the output side of things rather than just looking at keeping that consistent and adjusting their input. Sure, at some point along the way, we can alter our output, but if you're trying to actually physically calculate the amount of calories that you're burning each day through 
exercise and steps and your BMR, like your body's actual um, burning rate, your metabolism rate, all those things, you're really just going to get in your own head about it. I did speak to uh, one of you in the Instagram DMs recently about this, and she was showing me how she was calculating her calorie deficit. And when I had a look at it, I established that she was trying to work out her output every single day. And obviously, like your body is going to burn a little bit differently each day, depending on what you've done and all that sort of stuff. But we want to try and keep it as consistent as possible. That's all I'm going to say that you need to do with your output. Try and hit roughly the same steps every day. Try and do, you know, the consistent training each and every week. Like let's not overcomplicate down to the how many calories you've burnt because that's essentially what you're doing. You're overcomplicating the situation. We want to keep it nice and simple. So when I was having a look at what she was doing, she was trying to base her output from her watch, her, her fitness tracker, her smartwatch. Now, I want to tell you right now, first and foremost, I love trackers. I love smartwatches. They obviously um, encourage us to move more. It gives us some sort of metric to tracking steps and things like that. But when it comes down to the calories burnt on your watch, please take it with like the biggest, chunkiest grain of salt because those things are so fucking inaccurate. It's not even worth considering it. So if you're taking an inaccurate piece of information and trying to funnel it into your calorie deficit, that's one thing. But the fact that that thing is not only inaccurate, but constantly changing every single day, it's just going to make this calorie deficit equation even harder. So what I want you to do is use a a calorie calculator online, or if you're not sure of one um, to use, absolutely reach out to me and I can go through this with you. I've got one that I, I use for all of my clients. I was actually considering putting this into like a free resource that I can send out to help women set themselves up for success with calorie deficits. So if that's something you want, um, let me know because it actually links into like a 12 week fat loss plan and how to adjust your macros and stuff. So that's pretty cool. If that's something you want, I'm happy to put a resource together for you. Um, but if you want more help with this, like just shoot me a DM and we can work out your, your maintenance and your deficit together and just give your output a a standard that you're going to strive to meet and just leave it at that. Just try and keep that consistent rather than trying to actually track what it is every single day. The other thing I quite often see that kind of links in with this is the amount of women that try and use the macros from MyFitnessPal. MyFitnessPal can work these out for you as well. Like you can put in your current stats and and it'll spit out, you know, do you want a deficit? And this is what you should do. They lowball it so fucking bad too. Like those, uh, I don't love the the MyFitnessPal one as well. So I'm going to say if you're using the one that it gives you that's auto-generated in that app, ditch it do it properly and just literally work out your maintenance, work out what percentage deficit you want to go into, set your deficit amount and follow those. Stop overcomplicating the energy output part of it and just focus on being consistent with your output, consistent with your calorie deficit and the magic will happen. Moving into number two, which is complicating your nutrition decisions when you are transitioning into a calorie deficit. So what I mean by this is for some reason, we can eat really consistently and have a full grasp on our regular meals. And if we've just done 
preferably a, a longer period of maintenance first. Like we're pretty in the swing of things and we do that really well. For some reason, as soon as we want to switch into a calorie deficit, we feel like we need to change everything. We need to forget all the foundations that we've laid. We need to start from scratch as if eating in a calorie deficit is completely different to eating in a maintenance phase. What I want you to do is actually just make a few simple changes in order to change your total calorie intake. That's all I want you to do. There are a few things that I'm going to lay out here and how you can do that. But what I want you to get away from is overcomplicating this process. Okay. So what I often see is some women think that the foods that they consume in the maintenance are no longer the foods that they can consume in a deficit. What we want to do is just change the quantity. You could literally still be consuming that same full day on a plate that you were having previously in a maintenance. Maybe just a few of those things need to be a smaller quantity. Okay, just so we're lesser and we're hitting a calorie deficit versus the higher intake at the maintenance. Just change the quantity of them. We don't need to uproot everything and completely wipe it and have a full brand new meal plan day on a plate situation when we could just simply change the quantities. Okay, that's a really simple way to go from a maintenance to a calorie deficit. Maybe you do need to swap a few things out. Say you've currently got uh, something that's a little bit more calorie dense. I'm going to give you an example, like a bagel or something. We know they can roughly have around 50 grams of carbs in a bagel. And you want something that is a little bit less calorie dense because the volume of your food, like the amount of food you're consuming the day is getting too small. You're not as full if we've just changed the portions of everything and made them smaller, like I suggested the first time. If you're running into that sort of a hurdle, That's when I would be like, let's just change a few things. Maybe we do change that more calorie dense bagel down to an English muffin instead. We're just going to swap it for something similar that doesn't yield as many calories or carbohydrates if that's the thing that you need to reduce. Maybe that's the macro that you're spilling over into. But everything else in your day might remain exactly the same. Okay, so we don't need to overcomplicate the actual things that we're consuming. Sure, you might want to add in a few things that are higher volume to help keep you full. That could look like adding in a Pepsi Max throughout the day. That could be adding in a side salad with a meal that you normally um, wouldn't have in that meal. Maybe that is having some jelly light or some sugar-free jelly at night with dessert. Maybe you do need to add in a few of those things. But what I don't want you to do is come into, like I've said before about just clean slating everything because then we're overcomplicating it it feels like we're throwing ourselves into the deep end of a deficit where it's already a little bit different we're all going to be already going to be a little bit hungry maybe a little bit irritated some of those like negative side effects that comes with dieting but if we're actually going to overcomplicate the whole process and think that being in a maintenance and being in a deficit needs to be a completely different approach to nutrition, then we're kind of making it harder than it needs to be. Okay, so that's number two. Moving into number three. This is when I see women start a calorie deficit at too drastic of an amount. Now, this could be for a few reasons. Often we want really quick, really fast results. So we think going into a really aggressive calorie deficit is going to get us that. And sure, obviously more of an aggressive deficit, a bigger drop, we're going to expect a quicker rate of fat loss. 
But it also means the amount of time that you can be in a calorie deficit is often going to be shorter because you can only endure that more aggressive diet for so long. That's why we say like a less intense calorie deficit is a little bit more sustainable, like you can endure it a little bit longer. Yes, it does give you a smaller room for error, like you're obviously closer to your maintenance calories. Um, but you can sustain it for a longer period of time because we don't get those, um, negative side effects from dieting that we may get. Well, we don't get them as extreme as if you were in an aggressive drop. So, so first reason is because obviously we want those quicker, faster results and we want to get super drastic and extreme about it in order to achieve it. The other reason is because I see women who, you know, ideally they've just done a maintenance phase. Like amazing. You've done a maintenance phase and now you've decided you're going to transition into a deficit. I always recommend like having a longer, more sustained period of maintenance or performance block before you jump into a deficit. But for some women who do that, the maintenance, or I'm doing like air quotes with my fingers, maintenance um, calorie intake that they were at wasn't actually really a maintenance for them. Maybe it was just like a very small calorie deficit. It wasn't actually that high to begin with. They could have got a lot, uh, got gotten away with like a higher calorie intake and still been in a maintenance phase. Then having to be like really undershooting, bottom ending maintenance, even like slightly deficiting. So when we then drop down. And I'm going to use 20%, for example, if you go into a 20% deficit from your maintenance calories, it might actually be more like a 30, 35, because you weren't eating at a true maintenance prior anyway. So when we look at eating in a maintenance phase prior to a deficit, I almost want you to bump those calories up and up and up over a course of weeks, months, and see how high you can get them before you start to spill over into a surplus and start to get some body fat. So when you're coming into a deficit, those two things that I said, you know, don't jump straight into too much of an aggressive drop, but also make sure that you were at a true maintenance phase prior so that when you're dipping down, it doesn't go into, again, too, too drastic of a drop. There is nothing necessarily wrong with having a more aggressive deficit phase. Some people like those shorter, sweeter phases because it's like, I don't want to tie it forever. I want to get it over and done with. I'm happy to get in and get out. But the trip up on that is like, obviously some people get the negative side effects. They can't adhere to it. We get some of those overeating or, or binging symptoms that can come with, you know, aggressive dieting. It just depends on your personality type. So knowing if you're going into an aggressive um, deficit, just be really set up for success. Have a coach that's going to hold you accountable and lay out the foundations. You're going to put an end date on this aggressive um, deficit, etc. So that is number three. Moving into number four, which is relying on what got you from A to B, unfortunately won't get you from B to C. So what I'm talking about is when you're embarking on a calorie deficit, maybe you are doing something that got you results the first time around. This could look like copying your own macros or calories that you had from previous times, whether that's like a challenge you've done or something that you followed when you were working with a coach before. And it's picking that number because it got you results the first time, which makes total sense, right? You're like, it it worked last time. Why won't it work now? Okay. The thing is you've probably changed. If your calorie deficit, your fat loss phase was successful the first time around, I would imagine that your body composition or your total body weight is different now. 
And therefore, how we calculate your calorie deficit or your macros or your maintenance calories or anything now is based on your current positioning, which is different from A. What got you from A to B, those initial macros, won't get you from B to C because you're now in a different position, okay? So if we go back and just calculate, sorry, if we go back and copy those previous macros, we intentionally are using pieces of information based on a previous version of ourselves. We need to be super fresh and accurate and look at our current position and where we are right now and stem from that position. Okay. You might even be going back to a number that just sounded good to you. One that you always just go back to. I know a lot of women stick to like this 1200 calorie deficit because it's like, oh, that's the magic number. I've heard that 1200 calories is, is good for dieting. We don't want to be like cherry picking or going back to useless old information. We really need to assess our current position. This could even play out in your training. So think about when you were first brand new to the gym, you could almost just like look at a weight or breathe on a barbell and you would grow muscle. It's what we call like this newbie gain. It's because you're, you're the newbie gains or that initial period when you first start strength training, your body's never had resistance training before. It's never had that stimulus of weight on your muscle. So when it first initially gets that, it's like a brand new concept to your body. And here it has to go, holy shit, we need to overcome and adapt and um, respond to the stimulus that our body's getting so that we can handle this from now on. That's why you get those really quick wins on the board when you first start training. But you'll notice what got you from A to B, which might have even just been like, body pump classes or something like that won't get you from B to C to create the physique that you want. It's like, that's only going to last so long. What you do from now moving forward, that B to C has to be different. You have to assess where you're at currently and figure out what's going to work for you now moving forward. Even think about your very, very starting position for some of you. And I know this was for me, you might've been an overweight sedentary type of person. What I had to do then in order to shift the weight looks completely different to now because I'm already doing those things as my daily disciplines. I'm already getting an X amount of steps. I'm already in the gym strength training. I already know how to manage my nutrition. I'm already conscious of the foods that I consume. Those things that I had to do initially or those things that you probably did at the very beginning, which might have even just been increasing your protein intake. With no real target in mind, it was literally like, just get some more protein in. Or it might have been including a daily walk. If these are things that you're now already doing, you can see that trying to do those things isn't going to get you any further because they're already your new norm. So going back to what I was saying about your macros as well, it's like those things that got you from A to B, those initial calories or macros that you followed to get your starting results don't apply to you now because you're in a different person in a different position. You've probably got more muscle mass on you. You've got less body fat on you. And you're going to have to reassess where you're currently at and work with that information that is right in front of your eyes where you are now. It's almost as if you've gotten someone else's calories or macros. And we know that copying what someone else does isn't going to get us our own result because we are two different people. It's kind of like the previous version of you is someone completely different. So that is number four. We're going to move into number five now, which is not being patient. 
I know this one sounds simple and this is probably one that maybe you had heard before or it seems a little bit more broad, but this plays out in two different ways. I see women not being patient and either changing shit way too quickly or giving up way too quickly. It's like we expect everything super fast. That's why we jump into the aggressive deficits. That's why we have Uber Eats. We're so used to things being like immediate now. I once heard someone use the phrase uh, microwave mentality. It's like everything's done in two minutes. You slap something in the microwave, two minutes. You want to get takeaway food, it's in Uber Eats and you can get it to your front door in the space of like half an hour. It's not like you have to go put some clothes on, get in the car, drive to wherever you're going to get that food, blah, blah, blah. Like everything is so much more readily accessible. Even ordering like ready-made meals, like the the U foods or any of those convenient meals, like we don't even need to cook anymore. I'll be completely honest. A majority of my foods go into the air fryer. Like any of my dinners, it's like, I'm just going to put something in the air fryer because it's really simple. So we are like in a world where everything is so immediate that we don't have to wait for it. Delayed gratification is something that we don't often have in our lives anymore. Even think about the accessibility on your phone. How easy it is to find the answer to fucking everything in the space of like 30 milliseconds. I was literally having the same conversation in a joke last night. My partner and I are watching Friends at the moment. Do you know there are so many seasons and episodes of Friends? Like it's insane. But anyway, we're watching it and it's kind of funny because it's obviously filmed a little while ago, like when we were younger. It's like a 90s show, right? And even just in the space of, you know, 20 years, how drastically things have changed. There was an episode last night where Joey is getting sold by a door-to-door salesman uh, about encyclopedias. And I was thinking, I'm like, holy fuck, do people remember encyclopedias? They were like the written book version of Google. Encyclopedias are probably obsolete now. Like I don't remember the last time I heard someone talk about one or I saw one. Does anybody even own encyclopedias now? But that was like our go-to for information. But it took you a little bit of time. You had to have the resource available. You had to have the encyclopedia. You had to look it up inside of there. You had to read it. It's like you didn't just have it on you at all times. If you were out and about and you wanted to know something, it's not like you just whipped out your encyclopedia. Whereas on our phone now, we can obviously have super quick access to everything. Okay. And I think it's a little bit of a trap that we all fall into knowing that we want everything now and fast and quick. And if I don't have same day delivery on my Amazon, then it's not good enough. Like it's going to play into your expectations around your training and nutrition. So I want you to give yourself when you embark on a deficit at least four weeks initially before you decide to make any changes. Any changes before you decide to give up, any of those things, I want you to be patient. I almost want you to put it out of your mind and accept that you're, regardless of the outcome, not going to do anything about it for the first four weeks, okay? And when you do, after those four weeks, decide to either make a change or whatever you want to do, have a reason. Have a reason and be rational about why you decide to do that. The best way to do that is to be tracking your data. Like, why are you making those decisions? Why do you know factually that the deficit isn't working? Are you just going, it's not working, I need to change things because you think it is or because you know it is? 
Because that's two different things. That's the difference between objective data where you can literally see that your scale weight, your centimeters, like these things haven't moved versus subjective where it's like you just think and feel that it hasn't because I don't feel drastically lighter or I look in the mirror and I don't look drastically different or you just kind of assume that because your clothes aren't falling off you in the space of four weeks that it's not good enough, okay? The other thing that can come down with data tracking and and removing yourself, that subjective opinion about data is having some external input. That might be having a coach and even coaches have coaches. I'll be the first one to say like, I get it. I do this for a living. I get clients great results. I know what I'm doing. I understand this like in detail, I know how to write great programs. I know how to create calorie deficits and long maintenance periods and different phases of clients. Like I understand all of this stuff. I know how to rationalize and justify making decisions for clients based on the data, based on the results so far. I know how to pivot and make different decisions where it needs to be done. Like all of these things, I know how to do that. But I still have my own coach because sometimes it is hard to make those decisions when it's about us. Sometimes it is hard to remove your emotion from the situation and look at the data factually and logically and objectively. So the addition to this might be getting some external input, getting your own coach in order to make the process feel a lot easier. The weight of the world doesn't need to be on your shoulders. You don't have to do this alone. And if you find that doing a calorie deficit can be overwhelming, and maybe you are someone that does self-sabotage a little bit because you either doubt your ability or you overthink things, or maybe you self-sabotage because you think you don't deserve it. Maybe there's something a little bit deeper going on here that you need to unpack. Enlisting a coach would be obviously an absolute game changer for you and your results short-term and long-term. All right, so that is the five things that I wanted to cover, the five maybe not so common or not so spoken about mistakes that are derailing or ruining your calorie deficit. Um, I'm actually super surprised that no crazy things crashed, no Australia Post delivery man interrupted. Actually, now that I'm looking outside, my washing has fallen over and it's all over the grass and dirt. Oh, that's amazing. Anyway, that is it from me, guys. If you have any questions, absolutely jump into my DMs. I'd love to hear from you. And if you would be so kind to leave me a rating and review on whichever podcasting platform you listen to, I would be greatly, super lovingly, end of the world appreciating you. Thank you each and every one of you for listening to another episode of the Fit Chit Chat. And until I talk to you next week, have an incredible week. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Fit Chit Chat. I have three things for you. One, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single drop. Two, share this episode on your social media and tag me in it. And three, follow me on Instagram and slide into my DMs. Let me know what resonated with you. Details in the show notes. And until next week, Goodbye.